Welcome to Fruit Snacks, a weekday podcast that covers big ideas about the Christian worldview in a bite-sized format. Hey everyone, on this episode, I want to follow our pattern that we usually do, which is looking at some sort of related issue or question to our main doctrine of the week. And in this case, our main doctrine of the week is the doctrine of salvation. And so I wanted to cover the question, which comes up from time to time, which is, can salvation be lost? There have been many debates over the course of the history of the church and in all sorts of different denominational circles in religious circles as to whether salvation can be lost or whether it is fixed for all and permanent for all time. And so hopefully in this short episode, I want to look at a couple passages, one out of Hebrews chapter six and one out of second Timothy chapter two, that I hope are going to help us wrap our heads around exactly what the Bible teaches about this. Because on the one hand, I definitely do not want to affirm this idea that saying the magic words one time, however many years ago, and then doing absolutely nothing differently, somehow puts God in a bind where God is now obligated to put you in heaven Even though you don't still believe and you've gone on to reject God and you've come to believe something completely different, but you prayed that prayer that one time at at Bible camp when there's been no consistency of belief that has followed that. But on the other hand, I also want to reject biblically this idea that we must somehow continue to perform or to reach a certain level of sanctification, whatever that is, in order to procure or somehow safeguard our salvation. That if we aren't matching up to a certain standard, if we aren't doing enough things, if we aren't living righteously enough, that uh, somehow we, we shouldn't be considered saved either. Because that is a very slippery slope, which frankly a lot of cults go down. And the question that we should ask uh, any Christian who is pushing this sort of idea is the same question we should ask uh, a cult member who's pushing this idea, which is, how do you know when you've done enough? If, if you are somehow contributing anything at all to your salvation, then how do you know when you've done enough? Do you ever know? And so at that point, if, if that's the case, then where is there room for any grace whatsoever I thought we were supposed to be able to rest in the work of Jesus and to cease from our strivings, from our works. But if if I have to keep doing an unknown amount of work in order to secure my salvation, then then I, I feel like we've missed the point of the gospel entirely. And I feel like, again, biblically, the, the truth is somewhere in between. So I want us to look at, first, Hebrews chapter 6. And this is a pretty well-known passage, but it's a, it's a kind of convoluted one. So he starts, uh, the writer starts in verse one of Hebrews six and says, therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and faith toward God. So there's the basis of salvation. The, The basis of salvation is repenting from my own dead works, which can't get me salvation and placing my faith in God. Then he goes on to say in verse 4, It is impossible in the case of those who have once been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift, who have shared the Holy Spirit, 
and tasted the goodness of the word of God and the powers of the age to come, and then have fallen away to restore them again to repentance, since they are crucifying once again the Son of God to their own harm and holding him up to contempt. So this idea here is what exactly is he saying? Is he saying that if a person is saved and then they fall away that they can't they can't ever be saved again? Not really. What he seems to be saying is partly clued in when we go all the way down to verse 18 of the same chapter because as he's talking about the oath that God made and how salvation is based on God's promises, not our performance, but his performance. So therefore, we, again, in verse 18, our encouragement is to hold fast to the hope set before us. So our job is not to somehow come alongside Jesus's performance and add our own. That's the whole reason Jesus came in the first place. Our job is to hold fast to the hope in Jesus that Jesus is the only means of salvation and that our dead works can't do it. And so what I think the writer has in mind here is something a little bit more along the lines of the following. If someone has at one point placed their faith in Jesus as the sole source of their salvation and they have repented from dead works and said, my performance, my own contributions count for nothing. And then, and again, it says they have shared in the Holy Spirit in the end of verse four. Now, I honestly don't know how you read that any other way than that these people are genuine believers. I can't find or think of any other example in scripture where someone possesses the Holy Spirit and yet it turns out mm, they were never actually saved at all, which is how some will read this passage. But I just can't get there. That, that to me just says, well, then they're genuine believers. But then they have fallen away. Fallen away from what? It's not that they've now done a bad thing that can't be forgiven. Jesus died for every sin. It's not now that their behavior is so bad that Jesus can't love them anymore. What have they fallen away from? What we see in verse 1. They've fallen away from the foundation of repentance from dead works and faith toward God. So now at some point, somehow, their own performance, their own dead works have come back into the picture for them. If, if what they've fallen away from is Jesus being the only means of salvation, then the writer is absolutely correct here that once people stop believing that, if they did once believe that and then they've stopped believing that, where else do you go from there? What other means of salvation is there for someone like that? And I'm not, I'm not sure that it means that uh, these people could never possibly be saved again. I think the invitation is always open. But this idea that practically speaking, it just doesn't seem like they're ever going to come back. How could they? Because they would then have to change their mind once again about their own dead works and repent once again from them. And that just seems really unlikely. I want us to go over and look at uh, 2 Timothy 2 verses 11 and 12 and 13 because this is a saying of the church that uh, Paul quotes here. For if we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. But if we are faithless, he remains faithful for he cannot deny himself. Now, it seems like there might be a little bit of a contradiction there between verse 12 and verse 13. Will he deny us or won't he? Well, what this is, is what a lot of biblical scholars would 
call something framed in a chiastic structure or a chiasm, meaning that the format of what's being given here in these four statements is sort of an A, B, B, A. So what that means is that the statement that we read in verse 11 should be paired in our minds with the statement we read in verse 13, and that the first statement we read in verse 12 should be paired with the second statement we read in verse 12. That is how this is sort of structured as a thought. And this was a memory device that was used in the ancient world. It's a very common structure and memory device that we find in the Bible. So if that's the case, then let's read it again and we get a little bit better picture of what's going on here. If we've died with Jesus, we will also live with him. And if we are faithless, he remains faithful because he cannot deny himself. In other words, our salvation, if we have died with Jesus, we will live with him. And regardless of our own personal performance after the fact, Jesus will remain faithful because he made a promise, as the writer of Hebrews says. Now, what does that mean then for verse 12? Well, if we endure, then we will also reign with him. And if we deny him, he will deny us within What context? Again, within the context of reigning and ruling. So we have this uh, other structure here of if we continue on, if we endure in our uh, sanctification and those things, then we're going to receive a reward, which if we deny him, will be denied to us. As long as you continue to believe, because belief is the standard, then your salvation is secure. If you no longer believe, then your salvation is no longer secure because there will not be those in heaven who don't believe. I think that's that's an obvious statement. Uh, but that also somehow that continuing to believe does not mean continuing to perform at a certain level. And hopefully that helps you uh, wrap your head around this idea, this question a little bit more clearly. 